Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Really looking forward to sharing today's interview with all of you listeners. Now, many of you may remember about a month ago, I had the chance to travel to the boys' 16s and 18s national championships in Kalamazoo. Not only was it an exceptional opportunity for me to get to see so many of the top juniors in the country compete in one location, but I also had the chance to chat with so many college coaches who, of course, all descend upon Kalamazoo to do a little bit of recruiting. Now, hopefully you've already heard the conversations we had at Kalamazoo. I got the chance to speak with Texas A&M Steve Denton, Baylor Michael Woodson, Michigan State's Harry Jaden, Arizona's Clancy Shields. I also had one more conversation that we've been saving until now because I had the chance to see this coach's team compete last weekend at the Knoxville Showdown. And I have to say, I think this coach's team, this program is one of the most fascinating programs, a case study here in 2022 for all of us college tennis fans. And that, of course is the Columbia men's tennis team and of course our guest today is Columbia men's tennis head coach Howard Endelman now you know I have to say just right off the bat I'm a big fan of Howie's and just having the chance to hang out with him this weekend having the chance to hang out with him in Kalamazoo you can understand why this Columbia men's tennis program just seems destined for success over these next five ten seasons and of course you look at their past five ten seasons they've been one of the breakthrough programs of the 2010s just continuous success at the national indoor event and they're a team that's constantly in that top 15 top 20 discussion winning multiple Ivy League championships but of course you look at their recruiting classes top five recruiting classes in each of the past two seasons and yet despite all of that there's a lot unknown about this Columbia team because we didn't get the chance to see them compete in 2021 unfortunately the Ivy League electing not to participate in athletics in at Columbia specifically, they didn't even have uh, students on campus. So entering this 2021-22 season, there are eight players on the Columbia roster who are either first or second year players who've never played a match in the Columbia uniform, have never lined up in the Columbia powder blue. Uh, so of course, it was fascinating to talk to Coach Endelman about all of those things. What what goes on over the past year and a half when you're not able to compete, not able to practice? How do you keep the team together? What developments can we expect on Columbia's campus moving forward? It is a fascinating conversation that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. And again, I will say on a personal note, I'm a fan of Howie's. I think all of you listeners are going to enjoy him as well. Uh, of course, before we get to that conversation, just a quick reminder, you missed anything from the 2021 U.S. Open. You can catch up on it all on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Recaps of the men's and women's events on the Mini Break podcast feed with Gil Gross and David Kane, respectively. If you want to hear my thoughts on my takeaways from the Knoxville Showdown, head on over to our Great Shot podcast feed where I break all of that down. And of course, we got to speak with some players on site in Knoxville as well. Uh, Alex Kotzen, Austin Huang, Emil Hud, Mark Walner. You're going to be able to hear those over the next few weeks here on this Cracked Interviews podcast. So be on the lookout for all of that content. But with that in mind, let's get into it. Here is my conversation with Columbia men's tennis head coach, Howie Endelman. Joining us now live at the USTA Boys 16s and 18s National Championships here in Kalamazoo, a first-time guest on our Cracked Interviews podcast, but a guest 
I don't want to say I've been actively chasing down because if I was, I'm sure he would have come on the show, but it's been a long time coming. It is Columbia men's tennis head coach Howard Endelman. Coach, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Alex, thanks. Thanks. It's great to be here. You guys do an incredible job with our sport, college tennis. And I heard you were giving me a little grief yesterday when I got caught in the rain. The rain, the rain so my, my, uh, my brother Rob yeah. in uh, New York City listens to every every show. Oh, that's very So nice. he was all over me last night. He goes, you guys got caught in the rain. <laughs> but uh, thanks thanks for everything that you guys do. And I know we've seen each other over the years at indoors and NCAAs. And it's, uh, it's a privilege to be on the show. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. My ego was already healthy. But trust <laughs> me, it's feeling even better now. But, of course, again, uh, let's get right into it because Columbia Men's Tennis has been a program on the rise, certainly. And you look at the 2010s, they've been the team in the Ivy League. And the place I want to start this conversation, it's a conversation, you know, unfortunately we haven't had the chance to have yet. And so thankfully we look towards this 21-22 season. You guys are going to be back. But you look at where we left things off with Columbia men's tennis. You guys had the first doubles team in program history to win the ITA All-American. You guys had gone 2-1 and one at the National Indoors the past three seasons, including that 2020 season. Yes. Then COVID hits. You're not, even, you're not able to finish the year. You're not able to play in 2021. Knowing the talent you have on your roster, and we'll get to that, how frustrating was that for you, particularly so early in your coaching tenure? Sure, sure. Well, it, you know, I, I, uh, I had the opportunity to come back. Mm-hmm. I played for Coach Bid Goswami. Of course. One of the legends of our, our sport and a wonderful gentleman. Um, I was in his first recruiting class in 1983 <laughs> at Columbia. And uh, I had the privilege to come back and work with him in 2010. And we worked together until uh, 2019. And you're right, that was my, that was my first year. And the guys were really doing well. You mentioned Jack Lynn, Jackie Tang, these guys who went on to become Tim all Rosie Wang. Oh, I know man. the guys. Good love group. These, Victor Pham. Oh, gosh. Love these guys. Some of the legends <laughs> yeah. Columbia Tennis. And I know that Timmy Wang, his dad is coming. We're going to have dinner uh, tomorrow night in Kalamazoo. He's driving from Novi. That's awesome. But these are really special, really special people. And, um, yeah, we had it going pretty well. We had gone to play kickoff. Um, down at uh, Knoxville, my buddy's place, Chris Woodruff, and we got through Oklahoma State and Tennessee there, and then, like you said, in, indoors, we had a uh, Florida, Florida taught us a lesson there, and then we uh, came back and played really, really well against South Carolina and Baylor, and we were we were going, and when um, COVID hit, you know, our, our region... I don't know if it, it, maybe it got hit a little bit earlier yeah. than everywhere else. And I remember we were at practice. We were leaving the next morning to go play the University of Texas down in Austin. I got a, I got a call from our athletic director, Peter Pilling, who uh, does a great job for us. And he just said, uh, presidents of the league are shutting it down. <laughs> and here we are, uh, I guess almost 18 months later. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. And I can't even imagine what you're going through because, all right, I'll say it. I think that was your best roster. Like, of all the teams you had, and we were talking about it before we started, the Winston Lynn team that had Virginia on the ropes in 2015, of all of those teams, certainly on paper, that 2020 team, it was the combination of talent and experience. It's that Jack and Jackie and Adam and, you know, all all of the players, especially, you know, it just felt like they had been there before and that they looked so comfortable at the national indoors. And, you know, sometimes there's a stigma attached to an Ivy League school because it's not athletic scholarships and you guys are all literally student athletes the student comes first for a reason 
and yet you guys were killing it. As you mentioned, you're beating Tennessee, you're beating all of that. I suppose before we get into this team, how exciting it is. Was it frustrating you at all? I'm sure it was more about personally just not being able to get rocking and rolling or just for the players to not be able to give Jack and Jackie the send-offs they deserve. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly right. We felt these these guys have done so much for the program. And as you mentioned, yeah, Jack Lynn, I mean, gosh, the guy, guy was a 3.8 in pre-med. Yeah. Two-time All-American crazy. Tennis, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I, I remember we were getting ready to go down and we, had, we were going to play Texas and uh, – TCU and Bell are great, great teams. They were getting ready to go. And, you know, I remember calling the guys in right after um, our AD, Peter, called us. And, and I was like, it didn't feel like it would be that long. Mm-hmm. It kind of it felt like, uh, and a lot of the guys said it. They, they said to me, I remember one of our guys, Rian Pandoli, he's a good kid, and Austin Wong, and he's just like, we just thought you were going to tell us we're not going to play spring break. Yeah. We everybody thought we'd be done for one week. Yeah, exactly. And then you know the COVID just kept escalating, and then uh, mm-hmm. all sports were were shut down for. Um, and the Ivy Leagues were first, if memory serves me. That's correct. right. That's right. The Ivy presidents uh, made a, a relatively early decision. And, it's like they're um, smarter than everyone else, or something. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> think that. I, I, yeah. I just think. Um, yeah, for for whatever reason, they just said, okay, we're going to shut it down for the rest of the year. But but. I, don't, I can't think of one person who would say that we would not have been back last September. Yeah. Right. We were just, we were ready to go. So, okay, after the summer, things will kind of, mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll get things going again. But you're right, Alex. It was very tough for those guys. A guy like Jack Lynn, yeah, he only got to play two and a half years. And uh, all the guys you mentioned, Ambrosi, what a, what a great kid. <laughs> yeah. What a great kid. Incredible energy, right? Yeah, absolutely. We just saw him. We just had dinner with uh, Coach Bonfiglio, Rich Bonfiglio, <laughs> our, our assistant. We just had dinner with Ambrosi and Del Rey's. And, uh, came from, over from St. Pete. Great. Yeah, these are these are real, real uh, solid, good guys who have um, made the program what it is. Absolutely. And I want to talk about where the program's at now. And yeah. I know there are listeners who are like, Alex, you're six minutes in and you haven't brought up the thing we want you to bring up. But remember, there are NCAA rules. So even if there was a hypothetical Junior Slam champion out there worth discussing, we couldn't today. So unfortunately, we'll put that on the back burner. It's an excuse to have you back in 2023. That's, that's what I tell myself. <laughs> okay. But, uh, you know, that's on the back burner for now. I do want to talk about your team because, again, yeah. 2020 – Top 10 in the country, I want to say. After you go to Tennessee, you win. You go 2-1 and one at the National Indoors. Yeah, you're 7th in the country. I, First of all, shout out to you for knowing that fact. That's why I always love working with the best. But, uh, you know, again... Columbia Tennis is in a very good place. You were telling, you know, the, the numbers 48-2 and two over your last 50 Ivy League matches. But even yes. beyond that, you've beaten Baylor three years indoors in a row. And yes. you've beaten top 10 programs in the country. After a year of no competition... How do you get the guys going from the way to where you're not missing a step, you're not missing a beat, you can pick up where you left it? Yeah, that's a. I think you hit on probably our biggest challenge right there. Uh, We have we have eight guys coming in, two classes, who have never been on campus. It's crazy. One of the one of the classes, the the rising sophomores, um, 
Were they remote all season? Yeah, the whole time. Oh, my gosh. We didn't have one class in person. That's crazy. For 18 months. Mm-hmm. My little brother, the reason I bring up goes to Penn. Okay. Drop there. Obviously, yeah. I'm the least talented Gruskin you're <laughs> learning. Um, but Because uh, they were in-person second semester. Right, right. But so Columbia, no in-person all no year in long. No in-person the whole time. So oh. we have guys who, you know, they took their recruiting trip. Okay. Our rising sophomores, um, you know, nobody's been nobody's been at school at all. Um, Austin's coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Kotzen, who had a, a, a really great freshman year until until it stopped in March, but he had done he had done great. He had won against uh, Tennessee and Oklahoma State. He had some terrific wins um, indoors, also. And uh, so, yeah, when we come back, we have it's almost like a brand new team. And I think one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest opportunities for us is to just continue that culture of what it's all about, and you know, playing for something. You're an individual, but you're playing for something that's much bigger than your than yourself. Oh, and, and you know, Victor Fan, you see all these guys. Of course. And, you know, these guys are all in New York, mm-hmm. and a lot of them, um, our matches are like it, it's. It's spectators, and most of these guys are alums. Yeah, and they just they just love it. So, I think um, kind of reinst- reinstilling that culture, mm-hmm. and you know, Coach Rich has done an incredible job. We haven't been able to see anybody. Yeah, in person, we had one uh, one guy, great kid, Henry Ruger, who would come around from Philadelphia starting in uh, March. We could we could hit with him at least, mm-hmm. but everybody else has been on the road uh, playing tournaments. Yeah, Cotson is. Doing great. Killing he's, it. He's out there playing futures every week mm-hmm. somewhere, uh, Tunisia, all over Europe, Eastern Europe, Western Europe. Um, so we're really, really excited about the opportunity to just get back on the court and get going and uh, continue to do everything we can to build this culture that Coach Bid, you know, built before. And hopefully we, we can do a decent job of keeping it going. And I want to talk about that. But after two years of Zoom, which team member are you like, I will never Zoom with you again? I've had my fill. I don't need to ever see you on the Zoom. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but is there an answer? You can think of a player? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> is it Rich? <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> because Rich and I live live uh, 10 blocks from each other yeah. in uh, in Manhattan, so it's about a half a mile. Yeah. We're, we're always going for these uh, long walks yeah. in Central Park trying to figure stuff out. and. Then, Trying to coach these guys virtually, I mean, yeah. it's a different. Thankfully, our guys have the mindset of, even though we're not competing you know, in our conference and nationally right now, we're still going to go out there and we're going to compete in tournaments. Mm-hmm. We've had guys, Ishan, Ravi Chana, we've had guys all over the place just playing, playing, playing. Roko Horvat is a real good guy from um, Zagreb, mm-hmm. Croatia. So these guys were in school, but. You know, they didn't, they didn't go through the whole yeah. system. So we are so excited to get it going in a few weeks. Absolutely. And, again, it's is this your third year, technically speaking, third year as the helm uh, of Columbia? Let's see. Coach Bid retired in the summer of 19. So second. So I started in September of 19. Yeah, so yeah, 19, 20, 20, 21, 21. Yeah. Yeah, there's Columbia math for you. Smart. No, that's my <laughs> Michigan education, public school. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so third so, year at the helm yep. for you. And as you mentioned, you were one of Bid's opening recruit. We were talking, yep. of course, of 
former coach bid of the Columbia men's tennis team, and I believe two two Ivy League titles during your time there. Man, they were pretty good. 84 and 87. Yeah, 84 yeah, and 87. Yeah. Those were down years in the Ivy League. We all remember those <laughs> times. But, uh, no, of course, for you guys, too good. again, the, the success you have had of late, and you know what bid meant. You played for bid. You know yeah, what the yeah. culture is like. You know what the program. At the same time, you're not – Anyone who tries to duplicate the success of another, you're destined to fail because there's only one bid. And so for you coming into this program, again, third year, only one year of coaching, new faces, how have you established, again, first three years, the, the recruiting classes, because as you mentioned, top four the last three years, I want to say, or the last two years. Yeah. What's working in Columbia that you can say, trust me, come to this program, even though you didn't see us play last year? What, what about the culture is so appealing right now? Yeah, that's a really good point. That, that's a really good point. Well, we've had, uh, you know, I was really lucky to get Rich Bonfiglio to come on as an assistant from uh, San Diego. He and Ryan Keckley are doing a great job out there together. And Rich is from New York. Mm-hmm. So he came back, and he's just done, I mean, he's done an, he's done an outst- absolutely outstanding job uh, just recruiting and keeping the interest even though mm-hmm. even though we're not playing. Yeah. And I think it's a I think it's a tribute to the the guys that we've had and, and what they've been able to accomplish over the years, both on the court and in the classroom. Such that I mean, our guys you mentioned Timmy Wang, Victor, Fem, those guys had the highest grade point average of all thirty one sports at Columbia. Yeah, and they're also playing playing a pretty good. And they're run. losing like six they, times yeah, in their career. Yeah, so these are special guys, and thankfully. Um, I think I think some families have have looked at it and said, "Hey, this is uh, you know these guys are doing some good things and helping you know helping young people develop mm-hmm. and use use tennis as a vehicle to hopefully um, uh, develop some of the character and life skills to allow them." Uh, to be successful for the rest of their lives and happy for the rest of their lives. And, you know, uh, again, Tim Wang, someone we've referred yeah. to, a friend of mine growing up, he went the non-tennis route, but there are guys out there like a Max Schnur, yeah. like a yeah. Winston Lin, who went and played pro tennis and have had success, and I'm curious for you, is it easy to make the pitch that, too, because the recruits you're competing with for and getting are, are players who could legitimately harbor pro aspirations. Oh, yeah, yeah. say We want to go pro. How do you sell them? Because when you're at Columbia, you're a student first, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be easier to fail academically than it is probably athletically for mm-hmm. these kids at an institution like Columbia. I'm not asking you to give away the full pitch, I suppose, because I know people listen, but mm-hmm. how, how do you convince that parent that, say, has a kid who wins... I'm not even going to get to the hypotheticals. How do you convince that that parent who knows their kid has pro aspirations, mm-hmm. you can get the best of both worlds at Columbia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a great. That's a. That's a great question. And look, we want to be around people who are very, very ambitious. Yes, very ambitious, high achieving, uh, and guys who want to be the best they can possibly be in everything. Mm-hmm. And we've always we've always thought that just because you want to be great in one thing doesn't mean you can't be the best you can be in something else. And the way it's kind of worked with some of the guys we've had is when they've done well on the tennis court, they've also done well in school. Mm-hmm. When they've done well in school, they've also done well on the tennis court. You develop certain uh, certain certain habits, um, principles, values, ways of doing things mm-hmm. that are transferable to everything. Yeah. And 
sure. You're gonna you're gonna be there, and you're gonna you're gonna develop time management skills and discipline and structure. Um, but we've always felt that there's a lot of there's a lot of guys out there. Uh, there's a lot of tennis players who could fit. You know, if if we have the opportunity um, to speak with them, and um, you know, we'll hopefully get some visits going. That yeah, the dead period for so long, exactly. the entire NCAA. But we've always felt that um, the right people are out there, and tennis becomes. Uh, such a mental, such a mental sport. You know, you break point, especially in the college tennis with no ads, scoring, and um, there's pressure on these guys. There's nowhere to hide, and, and the, we've always believed that the the mental preparedness from knowing that you could succeed academically mm-hmm. and in tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, just helps you in those pressure moments. Mm-hmm. I remember you mentioned you were talking before Sean Hadavi, who's start, yeah. he's starting at Columbia Medical School in September. Bravo! Um, you know he got to like he, he started on our team at like ten or eleven on the team. He was a high school soccer player. Mm-hmm. Um, first national I ever played was here. Yeah, reached the reached the round of sixteen. Um, you know, I, I, we've always felt like. If somebody has something inside mm-hmm. that they want to be, it's an intangible thing. Be, I think so. Okay. I think so. And you know, we have we have certain things um, that you can do in tennis at Columbia and in our league that you probably can't do in other sports. Mm-hmm. Like we have a strength coach, Tommy Sheen, who used to travel on the ATP tour with Mahesh Bhupati. Yeah. Right, who was yeah. number one in the world with Leander in doubles. Doubles, right? Yeah. And Sheen used to travel the summers. Yeah. With, with Mahesh. He's our strength coach, just with us in basketball, mm-hmm. like that. That's awesome. And he's comes <laughs> yeah. to all our matches and this and that. So he knows exactly what's going on out there, and we are, we are training these guys to be ready for the pro tour. And you mentioned Schneer, you mentioned Winston, a lot of these guys um, who, who we've mentioned. These guys have big aspirations to see how great – they can be, and they want to be around other people with with big goals. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, let's see how great we can get at tennis. And then, whenever tennis is over, you know, you can have a ten or twelve or fifteen year career on the ATP tour. The average age in the ATP tour is in the top hundred is like over twenty eight now. Yeah, it's like twenty eight point six. Yeah, there you, crazy. there you go. There you go. Sorry, not, I, I not, looked it up the other day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's not like when when you know, Courier and Agassi and those guys are old. So 28, 28 years old. So um, these guys can have an incredible 10-year career at the ATP Tour and still be 30, 31 years old. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 32 years old. And it's like, okay, so now have we used tennis? Mm-hmm. And have you learned Have you learned the, the, the skills and the principles to be able to be uh, successful? And as long as you stay healthy, I mean, these guys are going to have 40, 50, 60 more years. Yeah. After that, and are you ready? You mentioned Timmy. Are you are you ready to go whenever tennis is done for you? Mm-hmm. And um, that's what it is. And we've been fortunate to have enough of enough families who have you know bought into that. Yeah. No. And again, it certainly helps that you have a Max Schneider who can hit a serve 130 miles per hour. Yeah. And, you know, the Winstons can play. Again, I, I feel like I'm asking you a lot about the intangible stuff. I'm not trying to slight the tennis ability yeah, of yeah. any of these players. Because, again, all of these names, I can pop them off in my head. And, you well, know, we were talking about a little bit before, that 2015 match against Virginia, you sure. played that match 100 times. Is that the best outcome, the one you guys had? Or do you think you could have knocked them out? Like, do you, you, know, you play that match again and you could have It's funny. Them? I was talking to... Uh, 
Dust, T.T., Dustin Taylor yeah. the other day. He's a great guy. Yeah. And I'm really happy for him. You know, ended up back in Oklahoma. Of right? course. Oklahoma State. Wonderful, wonderful guy. And he's like, man, you know, we were on the same court. We were on the court with uh, Padavi was playing J.C. Aragoni and Shinner was playing Ty Son, yeah. Kwiatkowski, and we were, like, right there. That was the match. When Ty won that breaker against Schnur, it yeah. felt like that was the, the tilt. Yeah, yeah, you remember. I mean, that, you think of that match. I mean, Virginia was better than us. They yeah. won the national title. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were we were there, and they beat us in the dubs. But, you know, like you said earlier, Alex, Shane, Winston, Winston lost to Shane. Shane was better, but he sprained his ankle on that match. Yeah. You know, we're up at number two, a set and a break. Ashok Narayana was up 5-3-40-11 Alta Murano. Vermeer was up a set and a break up on Richard. Yeah. Hadavi was, I want to say 6-2, I think it might be 6-2-5-4 against Aragoni. You're there. Yeah, like DT was like, man, you guys should have won. I I don't know if we should have won, but I think it kind of proved to our guys that yeah, we're coming from the Ivy League, mm-hmm. and like you said, people might say that these guys can't really play, but I think it at that point. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I bring it up, because at that, that felt like a, uh, an inflection point. Exactly. That's a great word for it. Yeah, and where it's just like that, even in a non-win round of 16 match, 4-2 or whatever it was, four, it just it felt legitimizing. And I yeah. know since then, the six, I think you've made it national just took off. Yeah, I want to say it round just, of 16 every year. Five of the last six. Five of the last yeah, six. Four of the last six and yeah. Sweet 16. Yeah, exactly. So that's ex- I think that's right. That's mm-hmm. a really good way to put it. That was an inflection point in the guys. Because uh, these guys weren't blue chips. Exactly. Winston wasn't a blue chip. <laughs> you mentioned Schneer was not a blue chip. The guy played Mandro Wimbledon mm-hmm. 2017 yeah. in dubs, right? Top 100, top 100 in the world. Ashok was not a blue chip. Hadavi was a high school soccer player. Yeah. Right? So then we start to say, well, wait a second, man. What happens if we can get guys who, um, you know, might be a little more experienced, mm-hmm. a little better before they come in? Yeah. And then we put them in the system with Coach Sheehan and a, and a culture that's focused on development and improvement. Mm-hmm. That's all That's all we care. Mm-hmm. Development, improvement in everything. Um, you know, what's possible? And I know you you're talking about Mike before. I saw him just earlier about those Baylor matches. I was like, yeah, man, these are... We're going to go out there and we're going to we're going to compete as hard as we can. Mm-hmm. And these are all good teams in our league, outside our league, and we'll do everything we can to to make sure we're prepared for those for those matches. I appreciate that. I appreciate you throwing my one of my best friends growing up, Max Fliegner, one of those yeah. Ivy League shares oh, of man, the title as a, well. What a match he played. Yeah, exactly. And, no. and what a great kid. And I brag on his behalf for yeah. it, just so you know. So, no, uh, he played. He, what a great match. Pressure match. Pressure match he yeah. won there. No, absolutely. And, you know, again, all of this is to say uh, it, it should be a really exciting season for Columbia. Super excited to get just Ivy League tennis back. And correct me if I'm wrong, five teams in the top was it 20, 25, 5 in the top 25, I want to say, before the pandemic oh, hit? It the was pandemic. like a first time, right? Or yeah, something. you know what it is? The rankings, that must be right around the time when it yeah. switches to computer, Exactly, right? when you start getting six wins, seven wins. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. So they're not, the, the denominator is pretty low still. But it speaks to Ivy League tennis on the rise. Look at the recruiting rankings over the past five oh, years. Yeah. The best kids are going to Ivies. Yeah, well, why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Huh? 
why not? It's a it's a good it's a good place, and why not? Why not? I mean, that's how we see it. Yeah, that's how we see it. Um, let's see. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to work as hard as we can to. You know, to go after it. I yeah. think that's yeah. I think that's exactly right. Absolutely. I didn't even realize that yeah. when COVID. When, yeah, when there was COVID five in the top twenty-four, top thirty, or something for the first time in Ivy League history. Yeah. Whereas you guys, I think Dartmouth was in there. I want to say Princeton, uh, Harvard, and one other, uh, yeah. uh, whomever it was. Oh, was you got a there. lot of good, a lot of good players, a lot of, good a lot of really good coaches. Yeah. You have a lot of coaches from all over the country, all <laughs> over, all over the world, um, and it's gotten. It's gotten very, very competitive. It's mm-hmm. even, it's so much different. When I started back in 2010 with Coach Bid, I, I mean, I want to say there was like maybe one Ivy team in the top 75. Does, yeah. that, does that sound right? That sounds 10, exactly 10 or, right. 10, yeah, 10, absolutely. 10, 11 years ago. And now, like you said, there's a lot of teams battling and, and going out there and, you know, playing a national schedule. Yes. Which you do, and I yeah, think it, that's, it, that's worth mentioning. Biggest, yeah, yeah, that's one of the biggest. Um, that's one of the biggest things is over time. It takes a long time mm-hmm. um, to get these schools to put you on their schedule and to play home and homes. With. Yeah, and I don't mean right? to cut. You, there's the ECAC. Is that what it's called or something? There's some yeah. sort of championship. Yeah, yeah. But you guys play the indoors. Yeah, you guys a, always make. Then I feel like that. Like not to say that said, because there are a lot of other good schools. Yep. But that other Ivies aren't doing that. Other Ivies are playing that weekend. You're going to play the kickoff. Right, I feel right. like that. Even that in itself, playing the kickoff is a jump. Yeah, yeah. We've been we've been fortunate to have our, uh, and we're really glad to be back there again this year. We've been fortunate to either host. Yeah. Uh, I remember. I remember Vic. Vic won an incredible match when we hosted. Uh, we were. We were. Fortunate to beat Stanford. Vic won seven six in the third. Remember, mm-hmm. remember that? Of course. Um, in the last round of the last round of the kickoff. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, we've we've hosted, we've gone, we we like that event. It's like okay, if we can be ready mm-hmm. for that, and we've been fortunate, like you said, to get through five of the six, five of the last six years, and uh, and get to national indoor. But it, it's it's very. It takes a long time yeah. to get on the schedules okay. of some of these teams. You really have to prove it mm-hmm. the way, like as you know, as you know better than me, right? The way the points work. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know about better for the record. It's the same. We'll say same. equally. Yeah. yeah as you know the same. Yeah. You know, as the points work, um, to get on somebody's schedule, yeah. who's a who's a perennial top ten team, mm-hmm. you got to prove it, and mm-hmm. then to get home and homes with these guys. Yeah. Uh, so we've been able, uh, like you said, I think we've been able to establish ourselves at a certain um, ranking level mm-hmm. historically, uh, certainly over the last probably six or seven years, mm-hmm. uh, where now we feel like man, we got not only is the Ivy's really strong. Uh, but we're playing a true national schedule mm-hmm. and home and homes with these teams. And, you know, one of the best things, we're, we're building a new facility now. Yeah. You know, we've never um, we've never had outdoor courts. And now they're roofside outdoor courts. Exactly. That's pretty cool. It's amazing. <laughs> you know. Uh, and for the record, COVID. for listeners, six indoors, six outdoors being built, done by 2020. Uh, fall of 22. Oh. Okay, so we're about. You I'm know, putting f- it in my calendar. Yeah, just so you know. Columbia, they did a great job. We did. That was one of the things when we were not playing. 
in this last year, yeah. we did all the design and fundraising yeah. for this facility. So now we're going to have this um, incredible facility on the water in Manhattan. Six indoor courts, same footprint uh-huh. as we have right now. Okay. Um, and then on the roof, six six outdoor courts. Yeah. We're ready to go. So now we can host yeah. NCAs. We uh, intend to host professional events. Yeah. Um, Futures, challengers, stuff like that. So, that is so uh, awesome. Yeah, we are we are really really excited. Ready to rock and roll. Well, of course, those are, again. I think all, I speak for all college tennis fans when I say we're so excited to have not only Ivy League tennis back but Columbia tennis back because it has been a staple of these last five years. Before I let you go, I'm asking every coach about this, and I I know you think about these things, so I'm really curious to hear your perspective. Uh, and I know transfer portal is a little bit different when it comes to Ivy Leagues because. Everyone wants to transfer to an Ivy League. Good luck making that happen. It's just a little bit more difficult to negotiate, facilitate all of these different things. But NIL will apply to Ivy League schools. And these these athletes will certainly have the opportunity to market themselves off of their image, profit off of their likeness. It also helps. He's getting a lot of love on this pod. I don't really like you, Tim Wang, just for the record. No, I I love him. (laughs) That's my guy. But, um, you know. Columbia's got donors. They've got donors in the city. They've got yeah, young yeah. people with cash on hand that expend. Uh, that's not the right word. Uh, I'm missing a word. When you have when you have money, you can spend it at a young age. Income. Disposable income. Yeah. Thank you very much. Again, Michigan, yeah. Columbia. There yeah. you go. But they have disposable income, yeah. and they're interested in Columbia tennis. Uh, the the hypothetical I've posed to other coaches. Will college tennis, is the end goal NIL for college tennis to be able to provide a pathway for those outliers, for the players who would like to be grinding on the futures level, on the challengers level, but may just not have the resources at their hands? Mm -hmm. Do you think NIL will ultimately allow college tennis to facilitate getting those resources to those players and ultimately getting them into college tennis for one, two years? You know, your thoughts on, I know there's so much unknown, but Mm -hmm. how NIL can impact college tennis moving forward. I absolutely think it will. Yeah. Um, I I don't think you're going to see, you know, some of these college football, college <laughs> basketball, you know, Zion, Williams. I, I don't think you're going to see that in college tennis. But I do think um, once they have it all figured out for a sport like college tennis, right, mm-hmm. once the institution, the conference um, – the governing bodies, ITA, NCAA, once everybody has it figured out, I think there'll be tremendous opportunities um, for these student athletes um, to be, I guess, marketing themselves, for lack of a better name. But, it, you know, to be able to graduate from school, mm-hmm. finish school, and instead of saying, okay, now I have to teach six months of lessons to pay to go play on the futures, I think there's, I think. We're going to collectively figure out a way, um, especially in a place like New York City. Exactly. Right? That's what Columbia it yeah, is. That, in, like it's were, in the city. Exactly. Like you were, you were mentioning before we started, like I absolutely believe, is it going to start, you know, one month from now? Yeah. I don't know. But eventually, I think there's going to be tremendous opportunity uh, for tennis players mm-hmm. um, to, to put themselves in a position where when they're ready to go out on the tour, um, they're going to have some money. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have people behind them. And I absolutely think that, that that will happen. I think this will be a net positive. I, You know, the big-time yeah. college football 
that's a, that's going to be that's a, that's different, and they'll figure that out. But I think there's going to be great opportunity in college tennis. We've spoken about it internally um, in the department. There, our AD does an incredible job of just trying to figure out, okay, how does this work for us in our location, mm-hmm. um, given our base of support, like you said. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's a that's a big thing. And, and all these guys are here. Yeah, these guys are here coming in the matches. And I, I think yes, it will have a, an eventually an absolutely positive uh, impact. Mm-hmm on college tennis so that guys can go out there and say okay i I am ready to go and why not me yeah absolutely just just like that's the attitude like why not me i'm ready to go i've done the work i've put in the miles and i'm ready to i'm ready to go out there absolutely well again coach it was not the same last season covering college tennis without the Ivy League. It felt like there was just a huge missing gap, particularly at the national indoors. You're always going to get a Columbia appearance. Or you're just There's that added spice. And then it was funny looking at the kickoff draft this past year. Uh, yeah, and yeah. they threw you, what, you guys were like the 46th pick? 46th. No, no, like 60. They just put us in. Yeah, at the end, right? You guys were the last pick or whatever. Yeah, they just be. said, we're going to let you play because of your um, You've historical it. results. Yeah. Uh, but because you guys didn't play last year and you don't have a ranking, yeah. uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, you're going to pick after everybody else mm-hmm. so the irony is you're going to texas right right we're going to texas and the irony the irony there alex is we were on our way to austin yeah. 18 months ago yeah when it got shut down we were getting on a flight to austin yeah, it's amazing like that and now um we're going we're going back there for kickoff and we're just really excited it's beautiful poetry beautiful poetry <laughs> so. in that and no that feels like the perfect place to end well again coach I, I don't know if I'm ready to call it. I don't think I've earned Howie distinction no, no, with you on, I'll just on, go coach but thank you so much for taking the time to chat and sincerely it's going to be great to have the Lions back in our lives appreciate your support of everything we do here at Crack Rackets appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today okay Alex you guys do a great job thanks for everything you do to, to grow our sport and promote our sport and you guys are special and it's been uh, an honor to be on the show I've always wondered if you were going to ask me <laughs> <laughs> well, no, thanks. It was intimidation. Of course, but no. no not that. Thank you. Yeah, of course, thanks for everything, and, uh, and good luck. We'll, we'll keep in touch. Coach Howie, thank you so much for joining us. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Columbia men's tennis head coach Howard Endelman. A huge thank you to Coach Howie, Coach Rich, the entire Columbia men's tennis team for putting up with my nonsense all weekend. They were incredibly good to sports and, you know, I I sincerely know that the college tennis world is a better place when the Ivy League is participating and competing within it and I will remind all of you at the start of the 2020 season, yes, it was early. Yes, the rankings hadn't fully adjusted, but there were five top 25 teams in the Ivy League the Columbia team leading that pack. Uh, I'm expecting good tennis. I'm expecting high-level results, and I think all of us should keep our eyes on the Ivy League, the quality of tennis over the next few seasons, because I do think it has gotten to a tremendous level. I do think a Columbia team can absolutely compete with the best in the best uh, of the best in the nation. And again, you heard what they're doing with their new facility, outdoor courts on the roof of an indoor facility. I'm sold. I'm in. So, you know, again, I thank you to Coach Endelman for sharing those details with us, taking the time. Uh, to Chad while we were in Kalamazoo. As I mentioned at the top, we had a couple of other great conversations while we were down in Knoxville. Uh, chats with Emil Hud, Mark Waldner of Tennessee, Austin Huang, Alex Kotzen of Columbia. I'm going to get the Kentucky coaches. I'm going to get the Pepperdine coaches on the line as well because we just haven't had the chance to speak with them yet. And that's an error that needs to be rectified. So a lot of fun content. And I will tell you all this little nugget. Our college tennis
bonus preview content, it's going to start mid-October. We are about one month away from diving into the 2021-2022 college tennis season. Have a lot of fun things planned for that preview series. Of course, that's going to incorporate Chris Halioris, Matt Stachowiak. Of course, that means as we release our top 10 preseason teams, we are going to attempt to interview each of the head coaches from those top 10 teams. I can't believe I'm saying it, but folks, we're post-Labor Day. It's time to rock and roll. So, of course, this Knoxville showdown, the content coming out of it, I suppose that's like your warm-up. That is, again, let's let's work out all the kinks. Let's get stretched out. Let's make sure we are good to go because the college tennis season is almost upon us. But, of course, that's not all we're covering here at Crack Rackets. Challenger Talk every Monday on the GSP U.S. Open summaries on the Mini Break Podcast. Uh, of course, all of that available on our website, CrackRackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, the Great Shot Podcast, Mini Break Podcast. Podcast, everything we're doing here at CR so that you don't miss any of the action. Of course, if you need the immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fliegner and Daniel Westoff, for the <laughs> of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Tennis Point. Tennis-point.com. Promo code is CR15. With that in mind, for Columbia Men's Tennis Head Coach Howard Endelman, for our super producers, Fliegner and Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.